Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, oh, what's doing? up, man? I'm so glad to be back. It's good to have you back. I can't believe I'm with the whiner. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somebody that's with all of us. You yeah. know? He that hath friends must. First show himself friendly. Right. Well, I I know by being in this place that yeah. there's a whole lot of people that want to know who this friend is. Why don't you tell them about it, Mark? Well, there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. I got, I got a lot of brothers, right? Yeah. You know who that friend is.
Welcome back to Channel of the Faith Radio Program. <clears throat> I'm Gary McCann, the producer and host, and thank you for joining Electric Knowledge God. And our listeners, you know, for believers of the household of faith, you're either in a trial waiting for one or coming out of one. That's been my continual sojourn as God continues to give the victory. You know, before I become personal, as we talk about identity theft, and upcoming about hacking. I remember always sharing with my staff that my trials normally begin on a Wednesday and then they become full-fledged on a Friday. And I have just three days, which I liken unto the death, burial, and resurrection for them to turn around. And so my recent one did exactly that. And I am just so thankful to God and for me being awoke again and alert and alert, not conspiratorial, but in reality, based upon my sojourn. You know, <clears throat> many of you can identify, irrespective of your zip code, your age, your skin tone, your title, your degrees, or lack thereof. You know, I've had my personal identification and information stolen so many times, and as a former law enforcement practitioner, to do everything I know <clears throat> to prevent. <clears throat> but again, I always say that the criminal or the hacker, be, be they doing it legally or illegally, is always going to find a way. I remember receiving a call years ago. Sitting at my desk, and I remember as a paralegal looking into some laws at that time from a research standpoint. And the call came in and asked for me, and of course I answered the phone and he said, "Congratulations, come get your new car." I said, "Say what? Come get your new car." Well, I knew that I hadn't purchased a new car other than the one I was driving. So I asked them a few questions. What time is the person supposed to, what time am I supposed to pick it up? And they told me. And um, I went out there at that time. I let them know because I wanted to wait and see who this person was using my name and information to get a brand new car. In the next few years, then someone purchased a a car and, and uh, put my information down on the house. And then I remember <clears throat> I was working with some foster teenagers and I had had a long day and and I was lying down and knew that I had to get back up in a few hours. And uh, all of a sudden I heard my phone go off. Well, it went off the first time, and I didn't pay attention to it. it. went off the second time, I did. I got up and learned that somebody was trying their best to empty off my card. And so I notified everybody ASAP, and then I did my own independent research and found the person in a different state, sitting all in a nice mansion with a nice title. And then I remember just a couple of years ago where 
I got contacted twice by the mail, and I was glad I was present to get my mail because here's some individuals that I don't even know apply to get unemployment as employees. I don't know them, and I was glad it was stopped. And then about a year ago, I learned that somebody representing China was trying to access one of my cards. And and then last week, the U.S. Commission notified me that uh, relative to my Social Security number being on Cafe Press on the dark web and all of that, and and then before the weekend concludes, AG Attorney General's Office of, of the State let me know, followed up and reached out to them, and and I learned that. 2020 and 21, somebody then used my business information to get unemployment, whatever it's called. So what is identity theft? Now, you already know it occurs when somebody's using your personal identifying information and pretends to be you. And the reason why they're pretending to be you is so that they can commit fraud or to gain other financial benefits. It doesn't make a difference who that person is. It may be somebody that you know and unbeknownst to you. Or it may be somebody you know using somebody else. And you wonder how they got your personal information. There's many ways you can do it. Because your personal identifying information could include your full name, your home address, the email address, your online login and password your driver's license number, your passport number, or your bank number. And once these criminals, and that's what they are, access this information, they'll use it to commit identity theft or sell it on the dark web. And a lot of times I'm finding out my information has been on the dark web and it's not even been informed by the people I may have credit with or a bank account with. Think about whether that identity criminal over here you read not your credit card number on the phone buy your information on the dark web after it's been exposed in a data breach or steal your information in some other way there's a lot of ways to access your personal details because you got to remember once they get the information then they're going to use it in the next phase in their identity theft process i remember when you heard me talk about the person in the mansion of course, you know I'm going to play back, you know, my steps. And I remember, oh, okay, so I went to a gas station to get some gas. And I remember I used the card. Oh, yeah. And you know how it says, oh, this is so secure. Oh, okay. What are some of the examples that that criminal do with your sensitive personal information. You know it's sensitive. Well, you already know they're going to make unauthorized purchases using your existing credit and debit cards. 
They don't get access to your bank account, subscribe to paid services like streaming pages or premium dating portals under your name. And you wonder why I'm all into relationships, building up, not taking away. You wonder why I'm all into trust. Irrespective of who you come in contact with, they can look good on the outside, have this title, that title, and be and can be a criminal. So how does that identity theft work? Well, data gathered revealed that 58% of Europeans have experienced at least one type of fraud in the last two years, and one-third of them were victims of identity theft, which is, is a lot. Think about that. Identity thief may access your personal information by fishing. And I'm not talking about going to a pond of water. Fishing. I'm talking about with a P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. I remember the last project I was on. Um, they sent almost like every other day a test, T-E-S-T, to see if you were upon your criminal knowledge and prevention. But cyber criminals send fraudulent emails or texts that may look legitimate. And the links in these emails or texts may be used to download malicious software, you know, malware for short. And the software may be able to mine your computer for personal information and send it to a Remote computer. Cyber criminals use this information to commit identity theft or sell it on the dark web. So it's a good idea to avoid opening suspicious-looking mail or click on unexpected links or download material. You know, you're all excited. You're clicking on that. Do you even know what it is rather than hovering over it to see where it really came from? And then another way of scamming, you know, taking that credit card or ATM card skimming. When that criminal replaced the card readers with a counterfeit device at cash counters or other point-of-sale systems such as those at grocery stores, coffee shops, petrol stations, or ATMs. you got to keep in mind when that happens, kind of like what I did, I believe, at that uh, service station getting that gas. The device captures your data in the magnetic strip of your credit and debit card and passes it on to the skimmer. And there's sometimes a small camera set up to capture that ATM pin that you enter. And so with information like credit cards or debit card, your names or ATM or your pins, that criminal is able to make fraudulent purchases or withdraw cash in, in your name. And then you have that Wi-Fi hacking. You're all on that Wi-Fi. And you're forgetting that some public Wi-Fi connections are unencrypted. And that allows that criminal a chance to just spy on your data, traveling to and from your device. And if your device has software vulnerabilities, then the cyber criminal may be able to inject malware to help them gain access to your data. You got to remember, criminals, cyber criminals at that. Remember the distinction we'll learn if you haven't already in your own personal trials. But those cyber criminals sometimes create fake Wi-Fi hotspots with names that sound like a legitimate network. And so these identity thieves may be able to look and exploit your information passing through the rogue network. So that's why it's important to always check the spelling of the network name before connecting and then 
taking that added precaution of using a VPN to connect to the public Wi-Fi, especially when you know you're accessing your bank account or you're making an online purchase or you're sending sensitive information, you know, especially, and you know it's tax season, especially a tax return. And then you have those phone scams. You know, you're all on your phone all the time, and you're not paying attention to that criminal that's going to call you on the phone, and they're going to claim to be from a bank. And if you receive this kind of call, don't be providing any information over the phone. Hang up. Because the banks usually communicate through the post or through their own system. And if you're not sure about a phone call, refuse to share information and instead call the bank directly. That is your bank, is it not? And then you have data breaches. You know, and I've been exposed to that. After a data breach, your personal information could be at risk of being sold on the dark web. And sometimes a data breach puts at risk the personal information of millions of people. The example, remember Equifax data breach? Remember how it exposed the personal information as many as 147 million people? And yes, maybe you were one of the 147 million in the 307 million in the United States. And then you're talking about malware. Because you're talking about that criminal using that different technique to install that malware on another person's device. And you got to remember that that malware could allow that criminal to access the device and information stored on it. Because that malware, you know, there's different types. You're talking about viruses, spyware, Trojans, keyloggers. Think about that. And you might not want to think about that because you want to think of that basic criminal as somebody you see out here doing this and that and not understanding the different types of crimes that's being committed, especially high tech, but the people still are criminal. So the question got to ask is, so what happened to your information after somebody stole your identity? Because you got to remember the ways in which they're profiting from our personal information. Think about it. They're stealing your money or your benefits. And you got to remember how they're using that information. It depends on what information they have. So if they have your credit card number, your name, your address, that criminal is going to be able to make unauthorized charges to your credit card. And then they're going to turn around and sell it on the dark web, especially after a data breach. You're talking about that exposed information because it sometimes ends up on the dark web. I've seen mine. And you saying, Gary, what's the dark web? Well, it's a part of the Internet that isn't indexed by search engines. So a credit card number may have a value up to, let's say, like 100 and whatever. And when you think about the various European Union passports, they've been shown to sell for up to a lot of money. And you can pull up privacy affairs to do your own independent research. Don't take it from me. You know, a victim, notoriously victim now. And you forget there's some individuals that impersonate you. Maybe it's that friend or so-called friend that's walking along with you and you're doing all that lip communication and telling them all your business, especially your personal business. And I'll be talking about that on relational topics on Wednesday's upcoming because there's 99 individuals you want to 
look for or look out for. But they also create fake social media accounts pretending to be you just to lure in more victims. Think about it. You're talking about trust. You're talking about if somebody knows you and you're trustworthy without knowing that somebody's impersonating you, they drop their guard because they know you. And when you're looking at possible signs of identity theft, you got to make sure that you're monitoring your bank and your credit card statements, not just one time, but all the time. Because your financial statements may have some discrepancies or your bank statements may show some purchases or withdrawals that you didn't make and you know you didn't make them. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting calls from your credit or debt collectors about charges that you know you didn't make. And these unfamiliar charges on your credit card statement, you know, think about it. Sometimes they're criminal. They start with small charges. And all they're doing is testing to see if the card will work before they begin to make larger purchases. Kind of like what I did, you know, when I was all comfortable to leave. You're in here back out to help those foster teenagers and heard that first bell go off on my phone. Well, then uncomfortability went away real quick in order to catch that person. And then all of a sudden you're all out here, and next thing you know, you're trying to show off in front of this guy or this girl. You know you are. And next thing you know, you're trying to use your card, and you refuse services, credit cards, or loans. And you know you got good credit rating. Now, all of a sudden, you receive some letters again from the debt collectors for debts that are not yours. So how are you going to help protect yourself against identity theft? Now, you know there's some easy ways, and, and you got to keep in mind, I try a lot of them, like creating unique, complex passwords for each of your account and device. And that starts with a strong password, including maybe a dozen letters, numbers, and symbols. Or you can create a long passphrase, which can be hard for a criminal to guess, but easier for you to remember. When's the last time you changed your password? Especially if you know or suspect that the account has been compromised. And then have you forgot that a lot of times now they're enabling two-factor authentications on all accounts that offer it. But most important, you can do all that, but... You're still giving out your personal information, especially on the phone that you didn't initiate. Oh, and those of you who got it going on, you know you do. You know, think about you shredding those documents before throwing them away. Oh, you're not shredding them? You're just throwing them away? Oh, okay. Well, and you're not doing the same with your mail or your receipt or your bills? or any paperwork that's containing sensitive information? Have you forgot for going daily to the trash containers? You forgot that? Did you leave your debt and credit cards in a safe place at your home? Are you only carrying what you really need in your wallet or whatever you have? And the websites that you keep visiting, that you just love to click on, are they secure? Is the URL, does it start with HTTPS? Because the S secure. But again, when was the last time you checked your financial accounts? When was the last time you looked at your credit reports to see if there were any changes that you know you didn't make? 
And all of a sudden, when you think about those emails, you got an attachment. Don't click on those. Don't respond to emails from individuals that were untrusted sources because they could contain malware. Why don't you take the time to set up alerts on your banking and credit card account? The example is your bank may notify you each time there's a withdrawal from your checking account. And when was the last time you used an identity advisor? When was the last time? Because they may help you resolve your identity theft issue. And you know you got to report the identity theft. That allows the criminal to be brought to justice if you can find them. If you can find them. But the bottom line is make sure you report it. Report all of your stolen documents like passports or credit cards. And make sure you contact your bank and credit card company to inform them of any unusual transactions on your statement. Pride, get in the way. Report that stuff for your personal documents and suspicious credit applications to the police. And ask for a crime reference number. That's important. You are going to do it, are you not? So just remember that criminal. They can pose as another person, especially when they are caught committing a crime. All of a sudden now it's not the same person. Oh, okay. So what you going to do? Oh, oh, you didn't think about your medical information, did you? Using your information to obtain medical care or drugs. How about your children, your child? Think about it. They stole your child's identity, and they're going to use that to fund other crimes, including illegal immigration, terrorism, fishing, and espionage. And, of course, think about it. Cloning your identity. For what purpose? To attack payment systems, including online credit card processing and medical insurance. And you got to remember there's many techniques for obtaining and exploiting your personal information, criminal, what they typically do is obtain and exploit our identifiable information using our various credentials that they use to confirm them, to impersonate us. And like you heard me say, that criminal that you think out there is rummaging through the gar- garbage, well, why are they out there? Have you thought maybe they're retrieving some personal data from your computer that you threw away? Have you ever thought about that? Or that mobile phone, USB memory stick, or that hard drive? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, and you forgot about the public records? What? What? Remember, public records on all of us? Did you forget about that? You did. How about, did you forget when some of those questions on those public records have asked, what's your mother's maiden name, or what was your first pet's name? Have you ever thought about that? And so when you're thinking about, again, skimming from bank or credit cards, you're using compromised or handheld car readers and creating clone cards. So when was the last time? 
you asked your bank to send you some contactless credit card readers to acquire data wirelessly from RFD-enabled passport. Well, you're not going to be asking for that. That criminal is. Or how about when they're out there doing what is known as shoulder surfing? That's when an individual who discreetly watches or hears others providing valuable personal information, like you're talking to your friend or whomever you're talking to, and they're over listening to you. Especially if you're in a crowded place, you know, like that shopping mall. They love that. Or maybe while you're standing at an ATM entering your PIN number or typing a password on your smartphone, understand they're stealing your personal information, especially from your computer, using breaches in your browser security or malware, such as, again, Trojan horse keystroke logging programs. Or other forms of, guess what, spyware. You know it's true. Oh, so you tired of now you're going to go out there and get a job. Okay. Well, have you thought about the advertising bogus job offers to accumulate resumes and applications? And on those applications, you know it's going to disclose your, your name, your home, your email address, your telephone number, and sometimes your banking details. And you know they're going to exploit your insider access and abuse the rights of the privileged ID per, IT person that's on their job or the user. And while they're doing this, to access personal data on the employer's system. And all they're doing, you know, remember you heard me talk about Trojan Horse on some of the uh, programs? infiltrating countries. Well, here's the case where they infiltrate an organization that store and process large amounts of valuable personal information. And that allows them to impersonate trusted organizations in emails or SMS text messages or phone calls or other forms of communication. Why? To trick victims into disclosing their personal information or log in credentials. And a lot of times what they do, they create a fake, a fake corporate website or data collection form known as phishing. And then you got that brute force attacking weak passwords and using inspired guesswork to compromise weak passwords, reset questions. But you already knew that, didn't you? So you all comfortable sitting there and not understanding that now they've obtained the casting of your fingers for falsifying fingerprint identification. They're browsing your social networking websites for your personal details that you're all putting up there with pride. And they use this information to appear more credible in subsequent social engineering activities. And all they're doing is diverting your email or posting your personal information and credentials, such as your credit cards, billings, and bank credit card statements, or they're delaying the discovery of new accounts and credit agreements that was opened by your identity through that criminal. They're going to use any type of fake pretenses to trick people, customer service representatives, and help desk workers, all for the purpose of disclosing personal information and login details, or simply changing the user passwords and access rights, which is known as pretexting. And you, you use your, your fingers, apart from your fingerprints, now you're writing checks and 
Now they're stealing your checks to acquire your banking information, including your account numbers, your routing information. And they're also guessing your social security numbers. In my case, on the dark web, they have to guess it. Somebody sold it to them. But they're using information found on the Internet social networks, such as Twitter. You know those social networks you're all into, now all of a sudden you're using your social security information? And you're talking about that low security privacy protection on your photos that's easily clickable and downloaded on social engineering sites. And that's not to say anything about those networking sites. So now I was saying you all on this networking site, you're befriending strangers. And they're taking advantage of your trust. Of course, not until that private information is given. So you heard me start off talking about, you know, I've tried and continue to try everything. As a former law enforcement protection person, whether in organized crime, intelligence bureau, executive protection, what does that mean? The criminal is just going to learn different techniques. But like long passwords, just remember, <laughs> long passwords may not stop that criminal from accessing your information. You know, and there was a report that found that 31.1 million individuals' passwords were breached. And guess what? Passwords contain 16 characters or more. All I'm saying is that it's showing that if a criminal wants to get through, they're going to get through. And finally, you know, the Secretary of Homeland Security and Chief Information Officer and Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer Eric Tyson they announced that the department's first ever hiring sprint to recruit 50 artificial intelligence technology experts this year. The new DHS AI Corps is modeling after the U.S. Digital Service, building teams that will help better leverage this new technology responsible across strategic areas of homeland security enterprise, including efforts to counter fentanyl child sexual exploitation and abuse, deliver immigration services, secure travel, fortify our critical infrastructure, and enhance our cybersecurity. Think about all that I'm talking about today. And you don't think somebody that's mastered AI can use it to do what with you and I and passwords and identities and all of that. You know, it's true. You know, there was a there's a lady, a hundred and some years of age. You know, one of her secrets, two secrets. I'm gonna tell you one of them that she said that she believes has kept her alive. Not opening your lips to everybody. Then Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry." And whoever believes in me will never, never, do you know what the rest of that is? Be thirsty. John chapter 6, verse 35. And just remember, let go and let God fight your battles. He hasn't lost one yet. The only thing that he's asking you and I to do is do all that we can do and turn it over to him. Have you done all you can do? 
Why not? Thank you.